If this podcast inspires you to fast track your own career journey, visit fasttracktofearless.com to enroll in one of my courses. There's a special 20% discount for podcast listeners that's available for all paid courses. Enter the code POD20 at checkout. Welcome to Fast Track to Fearless. I'm Tracy Forsyth, and I'm here to help you become 100% career confident. In each episode, we learn the secrets of inspirational people and fearless leaders as they share their journeys to success. I know my reader. I know my viewer. I know what people expect of me. Tracy Cox is one of the world's most successful writers on sex and relationships. I think I was the person that they originally coined the dreadful term sexpert for, but now I say sex educator, which I think is a much better term. Sexpert sounds like... I just lie around just practicing having sex all day long, doesn't it? It doesn't sound very professional. Tracy is a self-made woman and TV personality with a number of best-selling books to her name, as well as a sex toy product line, and she's my guest today. The theme that comes through loud and clear in today's episode is passion. Passion for what you do. Tracy's career has been built on that premise, but it's taken a lot more than that to achieve the level of success she's enjoyed. From early on in her career, she's had a fire in her belly. She realised her life dream of becoming associate editor of Australian Cosmopolitan magazine by the age of just 24. I'm quite a determined person. I remember when I left um, university, I wrote hundreds and hundreds of letters, like, and hand wrote them right you know trying to get a job I'm, I'm quite determined to get where I want to get and I'm also I think I'm quite good with people um I like people and I think people like me I'm quite kind I don't think I can honestly say I don't think I've ever steamrolled over anyone to get where I am I wouldn't do it so I think that helps and I work bloody hard I work so hard and you could vouch for that as my friend. I've worked really, really hard. And so anyone who ever says, you know, I'm an overnight success, you look at them and you and when you they never are. They're always people who have worked their asses off ever since, you know, year dot. So I think it's hard work. I think I am talented, but I think a lot of it is prepared to put the prior planning preparation into it. It's easy to think that successful people have simply been lucky. The reality is. Tenacious people don't look back while climbing the ladder of success. So once they're at the top, it looks like they've just appeared there magically. In fact, it's usually the most successful people who've suffered the most knockbacks. Despite the early knockbacks, Tracy says there have been very few obstacles in her way, including her gender, which she says hasn't impacted her success at all. But it seems to me that it's not so much that she hasn't met obstacles, but that her mindset towards them has allowed her to push through. Well, I had to move countries from one side of the world to another because I'm English, but I grew up in Australia and the glass ceiling in Australia at that time was very low. So I wrote my first book and then the book got bought by the UK and the US markets and I, I got offered to do a TV show. So I you know, moved across to the other side of the world all on my own. No, didn't know anyone over here or anything. So that was quite a big move. Not that I hated doing it. I quite enjoyed it. And... I did it all myself. I never, ever got a, a leg up. Like my dad was a successful businessman, but he came from a council estate in England. So it's not like we've had lots of money or, you know, no one's handed me anything. I've done it all myself. So 
you know, it wasn't a, an easy thing to do. But yeah, I didn't. It's funny that I look back and I don't really see any big obstacles in the way. I mean, I kept being told, and I'm very conscious of this with my stepdaughter. I keep saying to her, no, don't go for that. You, you know, you've got to be, it's a really hard career to get into. But I aim to be an author. And I was one of the few authors that actually made a living from writing books. And that's like 0.01% of all the authors or something. So it's wrong for me to discourage her going into a business or a job with, that's got low odds of succeeding when I went into that. But also I knew that I so passionately wanted to do it. I've always wanted to be a writer from my, when I was about three, I reckon. And I think you need that. I think if you're going to aim for one of those professions that's hard to succeed in, you've got to want to do it more than anything in the world. Tracy chalks a lot of her success down to the supportive parents she had. But often it doesn't matter what people around you are saying. It's your own inner critic that holds you back or your fear of what other people might think. And it really doesn't matter who you are, from Emma Watson to Michelle Obama, we are all vulnerable to experiencing imposter syndrome. Signs to look out for include constantly comparing yourself negatively to others and finding yourself wanting, only ever looking at the things you haven't achieved rather than the ones you have, and kicking yourself too hard when things go wrong. Even Tracy, who I think you'll agree sounds like she's got career confidence nailed, has felt imposter syndrome from time to time. I don't think there's a person in the world who doesn't feel imposter syndrome. And part of mine stemmed from the fact that everybody, when I first started writing, I wrote the first book about sex and then everybody assumes that you're a sex therapist. Now, I did, um, my, my academic background is in sex therapy, but I've never acted as a sex therapist. I've never practiced as a sex therapist. I don't sit in an office. I've never been through the formal training. I've just had the academic background. But people always, and they do it on live TV all the time, like this is sex therapist Tracy Cox. And in the beginning, I used to say, no, I'm actually not a sex therapist. I'm just somebody who specializes in sex. You could see them looking at me like, oh, for God's sake, does she have to do that right now? But it was that imposter syndrome. It was like, oh my God, I'm going to get found out. Somebody's going to tell me I'm not you know, so I always say, look, I'm an expert in sex because of research. And, you know, so will you be if you'd written 17 books about the topic? So there's that. And then I think there's always that someone's going to turn around and, you know, tell me, you know, I'm not very good at this or, I'm, you know, it's all smoke and mirrors. I think everybody feels like that. And as for inner critic, my God, um, weirdly, I am less critical of myself in my business success and intelligence. I am super critical, as you well know, about everything else, my appearance, my weight, everything like that. And, and that's what's really funny is that everybody thinks I'm super confident and I am uber confident in lots of ways, but really unconfident in others. I think I'm better as I'm getting older, though. So tell us about that inner critic and how you deal with it. I dealt with it by confessing my fears to friends who would just say, don't be so ridiculous. You deal with it, I think, by having a really nice, good group of people around you, kind people, supportive people, and being so busy. I think I was so busy, I couldn't indulge it. I couldn't say, oh my God, you know, I'm going to have a day lying in bed worrying about it today because I had no time. So I think if you're super busy, you kind of have to deal with it. And I think it is the old fashioned way of giving yourself a good talking to looking at the trappings of success like I've, I've got a you know bookshelf with tons of books in it so I'd look at that and think well obviously I'm doing something right because they're all there you know and and sort of being a little bit kind at the end of the day to yourself which is something that I really have to learn though. 
I'd like to take a quick break to let you know how I can help you accelerate your career. Through private one-to-one executive coaching sessions, I'll help you step off the hamster wheel of work, reflect on where you are now and determine where you truly want to be. Together, we'll identify and conquer your inner critic, empower you to achieve your vision of success and create a step-by-step strategy to get you there. To achieve the fearless life and career you deserve, book a discovery call with me at fasttracktofearless.com. Remember, podcast listeners get a very special 20% discount on merchandise and courses by using the code POD20 on the website. It's great to hear how Tracy is taking self-kindness seriously, because although being kind to yourself seems like a no-brainer, it's really not. I love the quote from Beyonce's film, Black is King, you can't wear a crown if your head is down. If you want to put self-kindness into practice, make sure you always take time to acknowledge the good things about yourself and say something kind to yourself every day. Tracy's method is also a great place to start. One of the best things I ever did was start to do some yoga. And yoga was what, because I'm 100 miles an hour person, I never ever, if I exercise, it was like, no warming up, no cooling down, make the most of it hard. You know, like I go at it like 100 miles an hour. And suddenly I got to the point where I was so tense, so stressed, so everything. And I don't know whether it was you that actually recommended it or somebody did. And I just started doing 20 minutes a day. And I'll tell you what, that 20 minutes a day has completely and utterly changed my whole life. It's all about, God, you do need to breathe. Learning how to breathe, because I used to hold my breath, taking some time that's just for your body, just for your brain, just just sort of chill. And just, it's something that was so alien to me because I hate, I used to hate all that stuff, that sort of mamby-pamby. It's so, words like spiritual and all that, I run from the room. But I do think there is, and it's funny how everyone comes around to all these super high achievers come around to it late. And then once they do, it's like, wow, why did someone not tell me about this earlier? But I did get told about it earlier, but I wasn't open to listening. Back to imposter syndrome. One of the major contributing factors is self-doubt. And if that point really hits home with you, remember, you don't have to know it all. No one does. Celebrate the things you do know and capitalise on them. It's natural to question your own abilities. In fact, whenever I take a big job, I always find a way of asking the CEO whether they experience self-doubt. And all of them so far have said yes. Some even say they experience it every day. That's the other thing I found is that if you ask people to tell you about their doubts and their fears, they will always tell you. They will always tell you personal things. It's just that no one ever challenges the CEO. Don't you think that that goes with success? Because most successful people are perfectionists. And if you're a perfectionist, then you have to have self-doubt because otherwise it, they don't, the two go hand in hand, don't they? But that, that, that's one of the things that I learned very on in psychology, that a strength is also a weakness. And that you can see it so much. Like I am incredibly organized and that is that's what has got me really really far because you have to be organized to be able to juggle all the stuff that I've done 
but it can make me not very spontaneous. I'm not so, it's like, well, shit, you can't now bring that on me because I've got all this organized for that. So <laughs> I'm probably not the most spontaneous person in the world because I've got that strong organized streak. I'm quite controlling, but then that's helped in, in help me, you know, become really, you know, narrow focus on things. So, so it is interesting that, so I think that self doubt would have to go with anyone who is successful. I don't think you'd find a, well, actually maybe Philip Green probably would never admit to self doubt. Perfection is often a sought after attribute. The problem is when your perfectionism makes you think you're never good enough. If you're the type of person whose self-doubt and perfectionism forces you to be in constant fear of what people think of you, Tracy has some good advice. I remember when I was um, when I was doing psychology, there's a, um, what's it called? The spotlight syndrome, it's called, I think, where if you're in any, in any given situation, especially a social situation, you're worrying about yourself. You're thinking, oh my God, they think I'm stupid. They're looking at me. They you know, I haven't got the right top on. I haven't got the right this on. You know, they're all thinking this. And every single person in the room has got the same bubble above their head. No one's listening to anybody else. They're just worried about themselves. So I think if you get, if you think like that, while you're sitting there worrying about, you know, what's going on, you're not even listening to the person who's, say, who's thinking to themselves, that came out wrong. Oh my God, I should have said that differently. No one's even heard it. They're just in their own little worlds worrying about the, themselves. So I think that, can get you through a lot of situations I think really. that's so true you know that thing when you sit around a table and they say oh we're, we're going to do introductions and they, there's that thing called the creeping death where you wait for your turn and oh, you know, before that, that comes, your heart is beating and you're all you're thinking about is what am I going to say what am I going to yeah. say so you don't listen to anything else it's so true that people I think that is one of the secrets in life is that don't worry about what other people are thinking of you because they're more worried about what you're thinking of them. Yeah. And I think you actually, because you know I'm terrified of public speaking. I don't I don't like it. I'm okay at it now. I'm better than I was. But you said to me, I think, you know, because you were really good and gave me a big pep talk and you said, look, the people that you're talking to don't know what you were about to say. They don't know what your speech is. They don't know the bits you've left out or what you haven't said or that you've said differently. But I, I used to get off and go, well, I should have said that. I didn't say this. I'd put it much better here. And, you know, you're just talking. That's what you said. You said you're just talking to people and entertaining them. People just want to be entertained. And that dropped the whole, like, I must impart so much wisdom. I must do this. But half the time, people just want a, a good laugh and to talk to somebody who's real and actually looks like they want to be there. I believe it's essential that self-critical overachievers surround themselves with supportive people. Throughout her career, Tracy has had some amazing role models. So who are her heroes? My mum is probably number one. That's a very cliched thing to say, but I really do have quite an extraordinary mum. She's 85. She's hilarious. She's so funny. And just no matter what I do, honestly, I swear I could go out and murder half the population of England and she'd still go, well, darling, you must have had a very good reason. <laughs> so she's amazing I've got a fantastic husband I've got fantastic friends so they all are out my little cheer squads um as for people as I've grown up when I worked at Cosmo I my editor that I spoke about is was a woman called Pat Ingram and she became one of my best friends and my mentor and she she really did shape me and that whole Cosmo experience was quite extraordinary because I was there seven years and I stayed much longer than I should have but because she was so, she was such a good businesswoman and such a good mentor, I learned so much from her. 
And in the end, when I left and went freelance, that loyalty really paid off because Cosmos are all around the world. So when I went freelance, they all bought all my stories, you know, because I'd been so loyal, because they all knew me. So I had this instant, you know, instant client base, really, with all the Cosmos. And then that was such that was a big leg up to then, you know, get a book commissioned and all that sort of stuff. So so that. You know, she she helped me in more ways than you she would ever think. To the fact that I stayed so long led to this decision, led to that decision. So I think, um, yeah, she was definitely one of them. Yeah, and what kind of values would you think that she sort of personifies? Well, that work doesn't start at nine and at five. Gosh, we never we were there for so long that you've got to be loving it or else to get it. I mean, we used to hire people, and you know, because I was there for so long, staff would come and go, and and if they if they were time, you know, clock watchers, or you could see they just didn't really care about it, didn't care about the magazine. Um, they were off. I mean, they were out. She didn't take long to get find an excuse to get rid of them. The other great thing about Cosmo and what she taught me was reason why Cosmo was so successful was that everybody knew who the Cosmo girl was. You you knew what she ate, what she drank, what she looked like, what she, you know, where she went dancing, where she, you know, it was such a set, strong brand, you know, and that's why all the Cosmos were so successful because they had such a very, very solid business plan. And that really taught me later on to have to make myself a brand and I am a registered brand as you know and to and I know my brand so well I know where I can push it where I can't and especially when you're talking about sex and relationships I got offered lots of slightly dodgy out there very lucrative things and I said no because I know my reader I know my viewer I know what people expect of me and it's a very strong position of I'm slightly I'm the adventurous slightly adventurous couple who want to be pushed ever so slightly out of that comfort zone and no further so the takeaways are know what you're offering know why what you're offering is better than the competition and know who your audience is Tracy says you also need to identify the attributes that are special or peculiar to you. I think that sometimes it's not necessarily that the qualities that you have are that amazing, but that they're things that don't often go together. Like, for instance, I'm a really imaginative person, and a very creative person, but I'm also quite an organized person. And often you don't get those two things in the same the same person so I think that's what made me really successful as an author because a lot of authors are quite they, they they're sort of creative and need to be inspired where I'm like the sit down and make yourself write so many words per day type of person and I'm quite good at publicity I'm quite good at um, schmoozing people and all those sort of things that authors often aren't because I've been a business person and I you know have been in that corporate role um, and you know publishers were say, thinking well okay well we know she can carry the publicity we know she can do all that so I probably got a lot more ideas through than somebody who couldn't do that could have got through. So I think necessarily three things that maybe are quite unusual together maybe is a good place to start. And the other thing is to, you've got to do what you love. I think that's that's the thing that's been throughout my whole career. You've got to do what you love. I could never have gone off into a segue. You know what I'm like. I get offered stuff from people. I mean, I got offered a talk show in America that probably would have projected me into superstardom. And I hate doing talk shows. I hated it. It was like the one that um, I did for Sky. And it would be, you know, a bit like the Trisha Goddard show or Jeremy Kyle. I mean, that is so not me. I didn't care. I was like, people were like, are you crazy? And I was like, no, I'm crazy for taking that because I'd be miserable. And I wouldn't do a good job of it because I would have hated it. Do what you love. I couldn't agree more. Next, Tracy outlines her three rules to success. 
starting with making sure you don't put all your eggs in one basket. So I was in magazines when magazines were really successful. Then I moved into books when books were really successful. Then I went into TV when TV was really successful. And then when all that was drying up and columns, when columns, you used to be paid a fortune for a column. Now, if I was just stuck with that and hadn't gone on to the product ranges and hooked up with the sex toy people, I wouldn't have an income. I'd have a very small income. Okay, so I think it's like having lots of fingers in different pies is very, very important, particularly in this day and age. I mean, look at what's happened with lockdown. So I think the more different skill sets you have and the more different career plans you have and projects and jobs, the better you'll end up. Because I think then you can figure out, okay, I really like that. Actually, I'm not going to need this anymore. I'm going to go more into that. I think that was something that I think people should try and do. I know that's difficult because it's fine for somebody like me in a job like mine, but that's not so easy to do in some other jobs. But I think if you can diversify and have lots of different branches of what you do, I think that's the thing to do. With that, I think it's like the side hustle, isn't it? It's always having a side hustle. And I think, you know, like certainly for me, when I went into my TV career, I would never have considered a side hustle. I would never have thought that I could do anything else. And now that I have a portfolio career, they're all kind of like, you know, they all sort of side hustles. Or I think I kind of like think that you've got your purpose and the thing that you love to do. And then they're right at the center, which is a hub of a wheel. And then you've got all the different spokes of different manifestations. And that's what you're talking about, I think. That's exactly right. We both have very similar careers because all our stuff also feeds into each other. Like said, so magazine feeds into books, feeds into, and you're the same with your yo in the boardroom, feeds into this sort of thing, feeds into. So it's all got to work together. But um, but I do think that is very important. I think also that whole fake it till you make it thing, you know, you can, you can bluster your way through a lot of things. Though, um, a friend who will remain anonymous has just got a job um, faking a little bit too much and now is in this position of actually overstating what she can do and what she can't do and is now having to walk in on Monday and probably can't deliver. I would never do that. So don't <laughs> don't fake it too much. And what else? Um, do what you love. I'd have to go back to that one. So you've got to do what you love, focus on preparation, diversify and fake it till you make it. Finally, I'd like to wrap up with Tracy's motto to live by. Be brave and go for it. If you really, really, really want to do something, just go for it. And it doesn't matter whether, you know, only one person in a million has made it in that. If you, you could be that one person in a million. A massive thank you to Tracy Cox for joining me on the podcast. So what can we take away? Don't worry so much about what other people think. Everyone is too preoccupied worrying about their own stuff anyway. Don't have too narrow a focus in your career. Develop multiple skill sets so you can diversify as and when you need to. Be loyal and kind to people while you're climbing the ladder to success. The connections you make along the way will always be valuable. Do what you love and know where you thrive, even if that's not in the top position. Deal with your inner critic by opening up to friends, surround yourself with good people and keep busy. And finally, don't let people discourage you from going for your dreams. Just because it might be tough to make it in an industry, it doesn't mean that you won't make it. Thanks for listening to Fast Track to Fearless with me, Tracy Forsyth. Please like us and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to find out who I'll be chatting to in the next episode. Until then, you can visit my website and find out more. That's fasttracktofearless.com.
This podcast is produced by OG Podcasts. Find out more at ogpodcasts.co.uk.